Old Radio. Old Radio. Old Radio. Old Radio. Old Radio. Comedy Podcast. Welcome to Episode 10 of Season 3 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. We bring you two back-to-back shows today, as we always do on Fridays. Life with Luigi was a big hit for its five-year run from 1948 to 1953, forcing Bob Hope's Pepsodent show to go down in the ratings. It was created by Cy Howard, who had found earlier radio success with his show My Friend Irma. It starred J. Carol Nash as Luigi Basco, an immigrant from Italy who settles in Chicago, and Alan Reed as Pasquale, his fellow immigrant, who is forever trying to get Luigi to marry his overweight daughter, Rosa, played by Jody Gilbert. Our second show is an episode of Abbott and Costello, starring that legendary comic duo Bud Abbott and Lou Costello, the most popular comedy team of the 1940s and 50s, and the highest paid entertainers in the world at one point. The radio show ran from 1940 to 1949, being a comedy skit program, and it spawned a children's radio program, the Abbott and Costello Children's Show, which ran from 47 to 49. Now sit back and enjoy the February 6, 1951 broadcast of Life with Luigi, followed by the November 4, 1948 broadcast of the Abbott and Costello Show. The makers of Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum invite you to enjoy life. Life with Luigi, a comedy show created by Cy Howard and starring that celebrated actor, Mr. J. Carroll Nash with Alan Reed as Pasquale. Spearmint Chewing Gum is giving daily enjoyment to millions of people all over America. In offices and factories, on farms and ranches, in mines and oil fields, folks find that chewing Wrigley Spearmint helps them feel better and work better. The makers of Wrigley Spearmint Gum are glad that their product is proving helpful and enjoyable to so many people, and they're glad, too, that they're able to bring you Life with Luigi, because they know it's the kind of a radio program that millions of Americans enjoy. And now let's read Luigi's letter as he writes about his adventures in America to his Mama Basco in it. Dear Mama me. <laughs> American language is a very funny sometime. If you ask a big, strong man how he's feeling, he's a say, I can't the kick. <laughs> then if you ask a sick man how he's a feel, he's a say, I'm so sick, I'm run down. <laughs> it's hard to figure out the mamma me. A healthy man says he can't kick, and a sick man, he says he's a feeling like a runner. <laughs> I'm not feeling so good myself lately. But nothing is hurting me, so, so don't worry. Is it just that I'm, I'm not feeling right? Eight o'clock in the morning, I'm a feel like to sleep. Ten at the night, I'm a feel like to get up. Twelve o'clock in the afternoon, I'm going to feel like a lay down. I'm going to know what to do. Go to the doctor or get a new clock. <laughs> so far, Mamma Mia, this went on. I had a one cold after the other. And my medicine chest is doing a business with me 24 hours a day. Mamma Mia, for my medicine chest, was I had a lunch counter, that would be a drugstore. But tonight, when I'm going to go to my night school class, I'm going to ask my friends what they think I'm sure to do. And now, class, let's turn to the grammar portion of the lesson you were assigned. Mr. Horowitz, you may tell us what is an active verb. An active verb? Yes. Give us an example of a sentence with an active verb. Mm. Let me see. Oh, that's very good. Huh? <laughs> I said something right? Mr. Schultz, now you may give us a sentence with an active verb. I see Betty. Uh-huh. And uh, is C active? 
That depends on what Betty is doing. <laughs> Mr. Schultz, if you don't know the answer, just say so. Tabasco? Uh-huh. Give us another example of an active verb. Tell the truth to Miss Spalding, I'm no feel so active myself. <laughs> Mr. Basco, where is the active verb in that sentence? I'm no no, maybe it's in a medicine chest. <laughs> Mr. Basco, I believe you actually don't feel very well. He don't, Miss Spalding. I was talking with Luigi before school. He just don't feel right. And my advice to him was he should close up his antique shop and lay in bed for a week. Yeah, but uh, how am I going to run a business if I'm in a bed? Who's going to stand by the cash register? Luigi, with the business you got, you could take the cash register to bed with you and nobody would know the difference. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that is very good practical advice. Sure, that's practical. You want to kill himself with work if you don't feel well? I agree with Schultz. Sometimes exercise is better than bed rest. Now, we are talking about this antique shop. Luigi, stop worrying about business. You know what they say? A dead millionaire ain't worth five cents. (laughs) Of course, now with inflation, he ain't worth ten cents. (laughs) Ach, my Luigi, you ain't dead yet. You only look bad. (laughs) Luigi, I have an old family remedy that might help you. You you, you spoil up about a quart of water... Add a half of a bottle of real lemon juice, six tablespoons of sugar, and then a glass of whiskey. Ach, you know, we got the same remedy in our house, only we leave out the water, the juice, and the sugar. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Vasco, maybe you should see a doctor. When's the last time you visited your doctor? Thirteen years ago. Kimmel, if the doctors depended on Luigi for business, they would have to test cigarettes 24 hours a day to make a living. Well, certainly you should get an up-to-date physical checkup. In fact, I don't like your being out of doors too much. Oh, you don't? No, I think you should go home now and somebody should go along with you. Uh, Miss Spalding, it would break my heart to leave the class two hours earlier, but uh, I am willing to make the sacrifice. (laughs) No, thank you. I think Mr. Olson would lose least of the lesson if he went. Would you please, Mr. Olson? Oh, oh, I would be very happy to. Oh, but I'd be happy to accompany Olson sometimes. (laughs) I shall take good care of you. I want to thank you, Olsen, and a, and a goodbye, Platz. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to feel better tomorrow. And goodbye, Miss Spalding. Goodbye, Mr. Basco. I'm sure you will. Goodbye, Luigi. Take care. Himmel, what kind of farewell is this? <laughs> He's only playing a little hooky with the teacher's permission. Now, you'll feel better, Luigi, so smile, huh? Be like me, always happy, always laughing. <laughs> My rheumatism is killing <laughs> Luigi, eh? I never like to impose my judgment on anyone. But, uh, in my opinion, you are not getting enough exercise. Exercise? Oh, uh, I suggest that you go to a gymnasium and work out. Here, here. Uh, just feel of my biceps. All right. Uh, where do you keep them? <laughs> my arms. Uh, go, go ahead, feel. Hmm. That's a hard like a rock. Oh, let me see how I'm a filler. Oh, just like a spongy cake. <laughs> Your hot air is your stiff. You should go to my gym and, and start weightlifting. Weightlifting? That's going to make me feel good. Oh, oh, nothing better. Yeah, for just a few dollars, you can be built up to lift weights as high as 250 pounds. Well, but why am I going to do this, Olsen? I'm going to go home and lift the rose. That's cost me nothing. <laughs> you be. You are joking, and you shouldn't, so your health is concerned. No, no, be- before you do anything tomorrow, go down to this place and you say to the man... Come here, Sarah. Come here, Sarah. 
Sarah? Oh, sorry, friend. Just punching the bag a little. What can I do for you? Well, I'm... I'm, I'm a Luigi Bosco, and my friend Olsen, he's accepted oh, me down... Oh, yeah, I remember Olsen when he first came in here. He was a puny, skinny runt. Just like you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Olsen, he's a good friend of mine. In no time at all, I put two inches on his chest, two inches on his arms, one inch on his calf, and took five inches off his stomach. Oh, was it the same Olsen? Only you divide him up a different, huh? <laughs> Yeah, well, and I'll have you in tip-top shape in no time, too. I can tell by looking at you what's wrong immediately. Sluggish circulation. Did you know that? I'm annoyed I can't even say it. You know what's causing it? Your blood, man. It's crying out for oxygen. You can hear it, huh? <laughs> I don't have to. I can see it. All right, come on. Let's step into the locker room. All right. Are you, you, you sure it's going to be all right? Don't worry. Just want you to try a few things. I see guys like you all the time. Uh, here, uh, get into these shorts. All right. Mamma mia, the shorts, all right. You know what's the cause of your weakness? No, what? The... Civilization. Huh? That's a better disease? It's a poison. The average guy today always complains he's tired. That's my complaint. And yet all he does is sit. You can tell, huh? Sure, I can tell. Everybody's the same way. The minute he gets up, he begins sitting. Sitting at the breakfast table, sitting in the auto, the subway, the trolley yeah, car. Yeah, don't, don't forget the bus. I'm always the user of the bus. Yeah. Rather than the bus. <laughs> sitting in the office, sitting in the movies, sitting at lunch, sitting at dinner. You know what you get from sitting? Shiny pants. Lasser, <laughs> too. Lasser... That's another disease? Flabby muscles, weak. That's me. All right. Up. Now to make a new man out of you. Please, please, not too much. Just uh, just to change the older man a little bit. All right. Grab this 90-pound dumbbell. And a pleasure. No call names. I'm going to like it that <laughs> Relax, will you please? This hunk of iron is called a dumbbell. Oh, my sorry. Now, lift it up. I lift it up? That's right. Lift it up. With the what? With your hands. Please, uh, maybe you got a little uh, five pounds, stupid. <laughs> That's a dumbbell, stupid. Please, no names. Okay, okay. Now, you got to lift that dumbbell. Uh -huh. It's all in the mind. Yeah. Keep saying this. We're as strong as we think. We're as strong as We're we as think. Strong as we think. We're as strong as we think. We're as strong Good. as we Good. think. Now, We're as strong. lift it up. Up. Down. As long as we're strong together, maybe you lift and I'm going to say, Oh, put that. No, 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 look, freeze. Try it again. Now, lift that 90 pounds and think. What's the matter? All I'm going to think is a five pounds. <laughs> I'm about to stop. I'm going to get in the wick. Nonsense. Now, do as I say. All right. All right, now. Bend up. Bend up. Sit down. Look, no sitting down. Everybody move. All right. In place. Double time. One, double time. Shoulders back. Breathe deep. Take a big deep breath. Cross the breeze. Move those legs. Right, left, right, left, right, left, right, left. I believe you're on a 10 mile force march. Up, down, up, down, up, down. Come on. All right. Don't give up. Be a soldier. Be a soldier. Move. Come on. Come on. I'm thinking of Mamma Mia. I'm man of the army. return to Life with Luigi, here's a suggestion that'll make your daily work more pleasant and enjoyable. Keep a package of delicious Wrigley's Spearmint Gum in your purse or pocket, and from time to time, chew a stick. 
You see, chewing on a smooth, good piece of gum gives you a feeling of comfort and satisfaction. It helps relieve pent-up tension. And as a result, you just naturally feel better and work better. Then, too, Wrigley's Spearmint Gum has a lively, refreshing flavor that cools your mouth and freshens your taste. So chew Wrigley's Spearmint while you work. You'll really enjoy it. And now let's turn to page two of Luigi Basco's letter to his mother in Italy. And so, Mamma Mia, and instead of going to the doctor, I'm going to listen to Olsen. And I'm going to went to the gymnasium. All the night, I was walking and walking like in the army. And when I'm went to the bed, and I got up in the morning, I'm going to felt like the army was walking into me. But at least there was one little help. I didn't think so much about my sore throat and my colds. My bones was hurt so much I could only think about them. <laughs> but anyway, like the gymnasium manager told me, I'm try to think that I'm strong. I'm taught and taught all day. And then before I went to bed at night, I'm taught I'm better see a doctor. So I'm looking at the telephone book. And when the door is open up, it just then, and in there comes my friend, Pasquale. Hello, Luigi, my friend. Hello, Luigi. Hello, hello. Hello, Pasquale. Hello, little banana nose. <laughs> what are you looking at a telephone book for? I'm looking for a doctor. Doctor, what's wrong with you, little cabbage push? Well, uh, <laughs> Pasquale, is it nothing exactly? I'm, I'm just to feel weak all over. I've got no strength, and I'm sleepy all the time. Luigi, you don't need no doctors, and no doubts about it. you got all the signs of a jungle of fever. <laughs> the jungle? That's no possible, Pasquale. I've never been in a jungle. You ever been in a zoo? Well, sure. There you are. <laughs> <laughs> flies is a hangout there all the time. Hey, let me see your tongue. Come on, stick it out. All right, sir. Uh, uh, there's nothing wrong there, Luigi. Your tongue looks as long as always. <laughs> Luigi, I think there's a hope for you. You do? Yes. I'm going to give you a prescription that's going to guarantee you live as long as a married man do. Seventy-two years. Yeah, but a Pasquale, I'm not the manager. That's the prescription of my daughter, Rosa. Uh, <laughs> what do you say, my son? <laughs> <laughs> Get another patient, Papa. <laughs> Look, Luigi, I'm only trying to help you. You think I like to see you walking around like this, weak, broken down, anemic? The way you feel right now, if you was to catch any little sickness, it would be a catastrophe. Yeah, well, that's why I'm likely to see a good doctor. Good doctor. Where are you going to get the money to afford the one? You think I'm going to... my fellow boob. Oh, hello, Pasquale. <laughs> hello, Schultz. Hello, Schultz. Well, Luigi, tell me, how did you make it out with the doctor? Schultz, hmm? I'm, I'm a didn't go to the doctor. Olsen has sent me to the gymnasium where he's ago. Huh? Then the gymnasium, a man has told me to go on a diet. Raw carrots, turnip juice, soya beans with olive oil. That's the diet? Is it no good, huh? Oh, no, no, that's wonderful. You could live for a hundred years on that diet. If you happen to be a rabbit. Luigi, <laughs> <laughs> you little dumb cop. Always you're listening to everybody. Now, will you take Miss Spalding's advice and go see a doctor immediately, if not sooner? Yeah, but uh, that's what I was doing, Schultz, when a Pasquale was coming. Yes, and I was stopping him. What? Luigi, ain't you tired of your friends' stupid advice? Doctors, a gymnasium, exercise, a broken back. You listen to everybody but me and what's happening. You're getting sicker. Why are you always running around like a crazy little plumber looking for a leak in the faucet when all the time you could have come straight to the drift? <laughs> Maybe you're right, Pasquale. Nobody's a bigger dripper than you. Funny thing, when I'm saying it's a come out of different. <laughs> Pasquale, will you stop bothering Luigi and let him go to the doctor? He don't need no doctor. He needs my daughter Rosa. 
<laughs> yeah, but that ain't a doctor. That's the whole hospital. <laughs> You go to the doctor, only when he sues you for no paying his bills. It don't come to me. Hey, sure, sir. Pasquale, he's a said that the doctors will charge you a lot of money. Ach, that's no problem. You go to the clinic. The clinic? Well, sure, over there, everything is free. Nurses, doctors, medicine. That America gives you. Come on, I'm going to show you where it is. All right, uh... Pasquale, this I'm not going to refuse it. Come on, Schultz. All right, for Luigi, go. But if you find out you're sick, don't blame me. You could have stayed with me and never known you were sick until you died. <laughs> Excuse me, Mr. Nurse. I'm a was just examining with my feet. And somebody else is giving me a yellow card, which I'm exchanging for this red card. Where am I going now? Well, let's see. You've had your orthopedic examination, respiratory, pulmonary. Take it over to Ward 4 for general physical. General physical? Ward 4? Oh, thank you very much. Mamma mia, there's so many people. It's enough to make somebody scared. Yes? Oh, ex- excuse me, you Ward 4? Well, uh, yes. I'm looking for a man in an army uniform. Man in army uniform? Who are you looking for? General Physical. <laughs> General Physical is the final examination. Let me have your card and chart. Thank you. Mr. Luigi Basco. How do you do, Mr. Basco? I'm Dr. Adler. How do you do, Doctor? Fine. And how are you? Not so good. That's the way I'm here. <laughs> good enough. Sit down, Mr. Basco. Uh, what's wrong with you? Well, uh, it's... Uh... I'm, I'm just a feel weak, Doctor. I'm tired all the time. Sort of throat. Mm-hmm. Do you smoke, drink, or keep late hours? Oh, no, and I'm a don't to play cards, neither. Oh. <laughs> Would you remove your shirt, please? Why, you don't like this shirt? <laughs> I just want to listen to your heart. Oh, oh well, all right. I'm going to take them off. Oh, fine. Now, now, hold still. Take a deep breath while I apply the stethoscope. All right, sir. <laughs> hey, it's a ticket. <laughs> oh, now, come. Take a deep breath. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'll make a note of that. Okay, right to Donna, Doctor. Uh, now the blood pressure, Mr. Basco. Your arm, please. Right to here. Aha. Doctor, please... What's this? Aha, uh, uh-huh. is it good or bad? I'll make a note of that. <laughs> now for the teeth. Uh, when's the last time you checked your teeth, Mr. Basco? What am I going to look at the check? I know it's a 32 all the time. <laughs> Open the mouth, please. Wider. Wider. Ho-ho! Ho-ho, what's this? I'll just make a note of that. Now the throat. A little wider. A little wider. You want to make sure to have a wider throat? No, no. <laughs> Just open your mouth way open. That's it. That's it. Mr. Basco, do you have trouble breathing at night? You're joking? <laughs> Mr. Basco, do you have trouble breathing at night? I don't know. I'm sleeping. <laughs> well, let's have a look at the nostrils. Head right. back, please. Right. The left nostril first. Mm-hmm. Now the right one. Ho, ho. Doctor... Yes? Please, I'm a can't stand this. So which is the better? The mm, the ho, uh, the ho. <laughs> Let me take care of the worrying, Mr. Basco. Now you just put on your shirt, pick up your charts, and follow me into that office. I want to talk with you. All right, sure, the doctor. I'm a coming right away. Oh, Dr. Adler, I'd like to talk with you for just a second. It's about that 94-year-old Mr. White. Dr. Jones says his heartbeat is considerably slower. Mm, let me see his record. Here I am, doctor. Oh, yes, yes, just a minute. Let me see. This chart shows a definite sign of a breakdown, Miss Lacey. Hemoglobin count extremely bad. Respiration rate? Hmm, very bad. What? 
I wish there was something we could do for him, but I think this is the end. Come on, Mother! Miss Lacey, have him removed to the lower floor and tell the interns to make his last few hours as easy as possible. No, 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 I'm not going to let him. Mr. Bosco! No, go by. I'm not going to let him put the men down the stairs in the lower floor. How much of the good of years yet? The good of years yet? Look, honey, what's happened? Yeah. They sort of flushed and perspired, hair hanging it down, a shirt half out, a tie twisted around your neck. You're looking bad enough to collect a new life insurance policy right now. <laughs> How you guess? Guess? You guess what? That I'm only got a few hours to live. What? Who told you that? Well, I was a doctor in a clinic. Oh, so you went to the clinic. That's what they told you, huh? Yeah. Well, I warn you. Let me see those. I like to hear the hit of Blood negative. Negative? What? Say that a minute, Pasquale. Negative means nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Mamma mia, I'm a doctor, no blood. Pulse negative, fresh negative, liver, blood, abdomen negative. Pasquale, there was my trouble all the time. I was empty inside. Fancy you right for doing what I told you not to go to the doctor. Luigi's lucky for you I don't believe in him, so I'm going to get you out of all this, but we got to act the fast. Act the fast? Well, what the, what the hell? As a bachelor, you ain't got long to live, but a married man will live much longer. That's like I told you, sadistics. Now, if you just say the word that's to make you my son-in-law, I send you to the best of sanitariums in the West to cure you. And if you still die, no burial is going to be too expensive for you. Come on, talk quick. What do you say? What the kind of say? I'm right, Papa. I'm going to get married. I'm going to call in with the blush of the bride from the kitchen. Rosa! 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 You can't be Papa! <laughs> yes, my delicate little baby. Rosa, say hello to Luigi. run out of the clinic like that. Well, because you're telling me I'm not to get along to live. You was going to push me down the other floor. Just as I thought. We weren't discussing your case. I was giving the nurse some orders pertaining to an old gentleman in Ward G. You mean I'm going to live? Yes. You're too late, Doctor. I already saved his life. <laughs> the only thing I did find wrong with you, Mr. Basco, and what may very well be the cause of all your symptoms, are your tonsils. My tonsils? That's right. I'd have him removed immediately if I were you. Oh, you and I'll be it. very glad to recommend our finest surgeon for you. Well, thank you, Doctor. Maybe now I'm going to feel finer. Good. You come in tomorrow and we'll arrange for the operation. Goodbye. Oh, goodbye, Doctor. And thank you. Thank you, Doctor. Luigi, take my advice. If you get all that talk, you're going to get the same trouble all over again. No, Pasquale. I'm going to have my tonsils taken out. No wonder I was always having so trust. That's a fine way to talk to me, man who's a save your life. Oh, no, doctor is a save of my life. I don't care who saved it. When are you going to marry Rosa? That's never, Pasquale. Wait for my son. This time I'm saving my own life. Goodbye, Pop. <laughs> So, Mamma Mia, I'm finally found out what's wrong with me. And the next week, I'm going to have operation. I'm sure everything is going to come out to fine, especially my tonsils. <laughs> but please don't worry yourself too much, Mamma Mia. I'm going to write to you next week, straight from the hospital, tell you all about the operation. And you know, Mamma Mia, if Pasquale was only have a daughter as nice as the nurses they got to hear, 
This letter would be signed to your loving children, Mr. and Mr. Luigi Basco. Instead of your loving son, Luigi Basco, little immigrant. Friends, the makers of Wrigley Spearmint Chewing Gum hope you've enjoyed tonight's episode of Life with Luigi, and they'd like to remind you that Wrigley Spearmint Gum is an ideal taste treat to enjoy between your meals. It isn't rich or heavy, yet it's refreshing and satisfying. As you know, too, chewing helps keep your teeth clean and bright and also aids digestion. So next time you go shopping, get a few packages of healthful, delicious Wrigley Spearmint Chewing Gum. Enjoy it often between your meals and pass it around to other members of your family. They'll enjoy it, too. The makers of Wrigley Spearmint Chewing Gum invite you to listen next week at this time when Luigi Basco writes another letter telling about his tonsil operation to his Mama Basco in Italy. Life with Luigi is a Cy Howard production and is directed by Mr. Howard. Mac Benoff writes the script with Lou Derman. J. Carol Nash is starred as Luigi Basco with Alan Reed as Pasquale, Jody Gilbert as Rosa, Hans Condrey as Schultz, Mary Schiff as Miss Balding, Joe Forte as Horowitz, and Ken Peters as Olsen. Music is under the direction of Lud Gluskin. Bob Stevenson speaking. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, Abbott, what time is it? It's time for the Abbott and Costello Show. We're on the air for ABC here in Hollywood. Well, what are we waiting for? Let's go with the Abbott and Costello Show. Yes, it's the Abbott and Costello Show, produced and transcribed in Hollywood for your listening and laughing pleasure. Chuckles with a carload and music by Matty Malnick. So hold on to your chairs, folks, for here they are, Bud Abbott and Lou Costello. Why are you late again? Why am I late again? Yes. Well, I've been helping my Uncle Tom Zizimers in his butcher shop in Baltimore. He's having a sale on lamb shops for $4 a pound. Wait a minute. He sells lamb shops for $4 a pound? Hmm. What does he pay for them wholesale? About six cents a piece. Then what makes the lamb shops so high? It's some little paper panties. The garment workers union don't, pay, don't work for nothing, you know. Right. He's <laughs> to our writers. <laughs> we pay money for that! <laughs> Well, that talk says why, why, why are you limping? Well, when I was coming to the studio tonight, a big dog in the parking lot bit me on the leg. I still have the dog. That dog might have rabies. Oh, gee, I hope he does. He'll name one after me. I... <laughs> ah, stop, you dummy. Was there, was there ever anybody in your family that wasn't an idiot, Lou? Oh, sure, my great-grandfather. When George Washington crossed the Delaware, my great-grandfather, Valley Forge Costello, was the first man to jump out of the boat. He was? Yes, but Washington made him get back in the boat and go across anyway. <laughs> well, never mind that. What makes you look so tired? Didn't, didn't you get any sleep? Oh, I snored so loud, loud last night I kept waking myself up. Well, if you snored so loud, why, why didn't you do something about it? I did. I moved to another room. <laughs> And I dreamed about Marilyn all night long. Uh, by the way, how are, you, uh, how are you getting along with Marilyn? We're hitting it off pretty good. You are? Yep. I keep putting my head on her shoulder and she keeps hitting it off. <laughs> Costello. All right. <laughs> Costello, why don't you go back with the rest of the baboons? Okay, any message? Get them out of here. <laughs>
What are you yelling about? Boy, we having trouble. What do you mean? My Uncle Mike and my Aunt May. They bought a houseboat on Lake Arrowhead, and they moved in Monday, and now Aunt May is missing. What happened? <laughs> Last night, she forgot and went down in the cellar for a jar of preserves. Mm. <laughs> have, there, have there been any signs of her at all? Uh, only one clue. This morning, her apron came out of the water faucet in Pismo Beach. <laughs> she didn't have any cellar on the houseboat. Oh, that's too bad. No? That's too bad, Costello. You know, you know, my uncle was lost at sea. He went down with a ship. We felt terrible about it. I know how you feel, Abbott. My great-grandfather went down with his schooner. He did? <laughs> After three beers, he couldn't stand on his feet. <laughs> I'm talking about ships at sea. Have you ever been to sea? Oh, sure. I go to sea every Saturday night. You go to sea every Saturday night? Yeah, they have a burlesque show at the Burbank. I go to sea. <laughs> I thought so, you coward. You'd be afraid to go out in the ocean in a boat. How dare you call me a coward? I haven't got a cowardly bone in my body. You haven't? No, but there's some flesh I'm not sure of. <laughs> yeah, a whole family are cowards, Costello. I don't think any of them have ever went to sea. Oh, no. My brother Pat was in the Navy. Him and five other sailors were shipped on a desert island. There was only one girl on the island, and my brother married her. One night he killed her. He shot her, strangled her, beat her, he poisoned her, and then he threw her in the ocean. But it could have been worse. It could. Yeah, she could have married the wrong guy. <laughs> Did any of you, the rest of your family ever go to sea, Lou? My whole family was sailors. My Uncle Tom used to be on a tanker. Where is he now? On a bender. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you talk sense. Now, take me. I love the sea. The sea, the sea is in my blood, Lou. Sailboats, steamboats, tugboats. They're all in my blood. What? Everybody's got boats in their blood. Boats in their blood? Haven't you ever heard of blood vessels? But... <laughs> and I should be working with a girl instead of you. I, I worked with a clever girl once, I remember. She wanted me for her husband. Yes, I remember too. Her husband wanted you for target practice. Uh... <laughs> well, anyway, I'm not like you. You've got your eyes on every girl you see. I have not got my eyes on every girl I see. You haven't? No, only those I can't get my hands on. I... <laughs> the trouble with you, Lou, is that you're not serious about women. No, and I'll never get serious about women. Never? Never. Well, I may get married and have eight or nine children, but that's as far as it'll go. <laughs> Costello, without a doubt, you have the lowest IQ of any man in California. I know it, Abbott, but I try not to act conceited. Right. <laughs> Costello, why don't you find the girl and get married? I found a new girl last week. You did? I call her my little pale face. Is she an Indian? No. Then why do you call her pale face? She's got a face like a pale. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's talk sense. Well, what is the girl's right name? Amber. Amber. Was she named after the book? No, she was born on her way to the hospital between a red and green light. <laughs> Costello, no wonder you can't get a girl. You're too fat. Why, why don't you go to a Turkish bath and get some of that weight off? I spent all afternoon in that Turkish bath across from the studio. I put a quarter in a slot and hopped in. I... That's not a Turkish bath. That's a laundry mat. <laughs> yes, yes, a laundry mat where women rent machines to wash their clothes. I wondered why the manager came around and made me hang a towel over that little glass window. I... <laughs> I heard someone say, yeah. what a bundle. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you should keep in shape, Lou. Wrap that joke up, can't we? Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you be, be, be like me, get in shape? Uh, get exercise. Years ago, I, I started planting. I planted things in my backyard, and it's kept me young. What did you plant? Your birth certificate? <laughs> <laughs> Costello, you are an idiot. You know absolutely nothing. That is not so. I was one of the smartest boys in my school. When I was in the fifth grade, I set a record. You did? Yes, I was the only kid in the fifth grade that was old enough to vote. Uh, always bragging about your school days. I'm the smart one of this team. You know, I remember when I started in high school. Well, I wasn't like the rest of those 15 and 16-year-old boys. Oh, you were 37. I... <laughs> Oh, boys. Well, look, Costello. It's our singing star, Marilyn Williams. <laughs> hey, Marilyn, you're late tonight. Oh, I'm so sorry, old boy. I was home listening to the shortwave radio from England. My favorite British program was on. 
It's called The Solitary Bovine Attendant and His Horse Pound Sterling. The Solitary Bovine Attendant and His Horse Pound Sterling? Yes, that's right. You know, over here it's called The Lone Ranger and Silver. (laughs) I get it. I listen to one of those programs every day. It's called Strike the Jonathan Receptacle. Strike the Jonathan Receptacle? Yeah, hit the jackpot. (laughs) (laughs) I had a couple of English laughs there. Oh, yes, yes. They was in parenthesis. I didn't say them. (laughs) Oh, rather, 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 rather. My favorite British program uh, on the wireless is called Seize the Condensers. Seize the Condensers? Yes, stop the music. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Clever and all that rot, eh? (laughs) Boys, you talk like a couple of typical Britishers. Costello, have you spent much time in England? No, I haven't been in England since my great-grandmother died. I went to London to bury her. You buried your great-grandmother in London? Had to. Dead, you know. <laughs> oh, Costello, you are so clever, Costello <laughs> You're making a big hit with her, Costello So go ahead and ask her for a date Okay, go ahead Hey, uh, Marilyn, how about you and I going to a nightclub after the program, eh? What? A nightclub? What's that? Well, in Hollywood, a nightclub is a place that's got what it takes to take what you've got <laughs> with you, and when we get home on my front porch, suppose I were to throw my arms around you and hold you real tight, and then start to kiss you like this. Mm. <laughs> what would you do? As soon as I see the script, I'll let you know. <laughs> I'd just lay there on a porch until a pull motor squad came. (laughs) Never never mind, Costello. You asked Marilyn to go out with you. Yes, Costello. Why don't you take me out to some swanky place where we can dine and dance? I would... I wouldn't, know. I would, Marilyn, but I couldn't go to a place like that. I haven't got a decent suit to my name. Oh, no, Costello, I can straighten that out. I'll loan you one of my suits. Just, 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 just no. a minute. What I... Just a minute. <laughs> Do you think I'd wear one of your old suits? Do you? You think for one minute that Luke Costello would wear secondhand clothing on his back? Do you think I'd stoop so low as to clothe myself in one of your castaway suits? Yes. Well, don't stand there, you dope. Help me put it on! <laughs> That's the halfway mark in tonight's laugh race. Time for an intermission. Let's turn on the spotlight. Let's turn it on on our singing gal from England. Oh, that's great for us. And it's great for everybody listening. Here she is, folks. Marilyn Williams with Maddie Malnick's music. I will gather stars out of the blue 
Costello, where were you last night? I called your house and... Uh, well, I went for a drive. A drive? You should see the car I'm driving now. The motor is in the back. The clutch and the brake pedals are on the right-hand side and the steering wheel is on the back seat. Hey, say, how can I get a car like that? Easy. Just run into a sunset bus. <laughs> well, now you'll have to get a new car. I already bought one, Abbott. It's got two searchlights, two sets of seat covers, bumper guards, three heaters, twin radios, and fog lights. Well, never mind that. How's the motor? I didn't take the motor. No dealer is going to stick me with extra accessories. <laughs> is it a good car? Oh, you couldn't get a better car for $10,000. What did it cost you? $10,000. <laughs> Let's get on with the detective story. Uh, what case have you uh, picked for uh, Sam Shovel tonight? Well, Abbott, it's one of my most interesting cases. I call it the case of the grocer who fell in the wet concrete while building his new store, or he's stone cold dead in the market. <laughs> All right, let's get on with it. <laughs> yes, I'm Sam Shovel, private detective. I've been up all night working on a case. As I sit here in my little office, I'm tired. I start to doze. I'm taking a catnap. <laughs> it's a miserable night. It's raining a regular California rain. Out here, it rains the hard way. The hard way. Up. <laughs> Just listen to that rain. Coming down in buckets. <laughs> Outside, there's a heavy Los Angeles fog. I can't wait for the fog to lift. You get such a beautiful view of the smog. <laughs> when the smog clears away, you can see the rain. And when it stops raining, you get a beautiful view of the La Brea top hits. <laughs> That's when you start praying for more smog. <laughs> I walk to the window I can see the mechanics in the garage across the street working on my car They're tuning up my motor <laughs> Well, it's time to get back to work On my desk is a file on one of my famous cases Willie the burglar He was a crackerjack thief he died broke. There ain't much money in stealing Cracker Jacks. <laughs> and there's another case, the case of murderer A.C. McGurk. I put him in an electric chair myself. I strapped A.C. McGurk in a chair and turned on the current. But it didn't kill him. I found out why. He was A.C. and the current was D.C. <laughs> Suddenly I remember, I've got to make a phone call. I have a party line. 
I think I'll switch on my police radio. Calling Patrolman Nichols, Patrolman Owen Nichols. Go to 49635 Elm Street. Fifteen gangsters are holding up a bank with machine guns. Attention! Car 71, 59, 106, 83M. Tear gas car number seven. Rush immediately to Sunset and Vine. A car is parked in a passenger loading zone. It's a good thing it wasn't parked near a fire hydrant They'd have called out the National Guard They got a fine police department here One of the best is my pal, Lieutenant Abbott of the Homicide Squad I'll never forget the time Chief wanted to make a mounted policeman out of Abbott A mounted policeman He wanted to stuff him with cotton and hang him over the fireplace <laughs> Lieutenant Abbott used to be a hotel house detective they fired him because he was too noisy. He's got a glass eye, and every time he put up the keyhole, it would rattle. <laughs> Hello, Sam Joe. It's my pal, Lieutenant Abbott. Abbott, I haven't seen you for days. Where have you been? On the trail of Verillo gang. That Ver- Verillo gang? That tough gang? What a time I had capturing them. I nailed one of them in New Orleans. I nailed another one in Chicago. I nailed another one in Boston. Lieutenant Abbott never carries a gun, just a hammer and nails. <laughs> Sam Shovel, you've known me for years. You've got to admit one thing. They don't come any tougher than Lieutenant Abbott. I had to admit he was right. Lieutenant Abbott is plenty tough. He's got muscles of steel, an iron fist, and he smokes nickel cigars. (laughs) Sam, being a cop is no bed of roses. Remember before I was a detective how I used to pound a beat? Lieutenant Abbott used to pound a beat the hard way. The hard way, he pounded it with his head. (laughs) That's when they made him a detective. Now he's the most famous gumshoe on the force. Every place he gets, every place he goes, he gets gum on his shoes. I should have went with him. I got stuck myself. (laughs) How are things at headquarters, Lieutenant Abbott? Well, we're having a little trouble, Sam. There's a guy trying to get revenge on the police force. Who is it? The guy that runs the fruit stand on the corner. Every time he passes the station, he swipes a policeman. (laughs) Now I got a new case on my hands. I got to find out who's smuggling jokes for Abbott into the script. (laughs) Dan, there's something I've got to tell you. It's something that is an encumbrance to my equanimity. Or equanimity. To my equanimity... What are you trying to tell me, Lieutenant? Well, Sam, I don't know how to say this. You didn't know how to say the last line either. <laughs> Why, you concerned, gosh dang, bing busted, confounded... Lieutenant Abbott has a foul mouth. <laughs> but that's understandable. He's got a nose like a chicken, too. <laughs> Sam, I'm going to give it to you straight. Your brother's a crook. Your brother is the leader of one of the toughest mobs in this town. Okay, Lieutenant. Ten, Jack, King, Queen, Ace. What are you talking about? I'm giving it to you straight. That's the biggest straight you can get. This is... This is serious, Sam. Your brother's a crook. You've got to do something. I've tried to do something. I used to say to him, Joe, go straight, Joe. Get out of the racket, Joe. Joe, you're gonna get in trouble. But Joe, he wouldn't listen. Why? His name is Pat. Three times I tried to put my brother Pat on the right track, but he wouldn't let me. Why not? The train was always coming. (laughs) Sam, your brother Pat is a thief. Yes, he's been stealing ever since he was a kid. Even in school, he'd steal paper from the supply closet. He stole so much paper that when the teacher wanted to give an examination, she had to bring the class over to our house. (laughs) Sam. She left three kids after school. They've been with us ever since. Sam, I know you're a brave man. And you're on the side of the law. Right, Lieutenant. That's why I came here. Sam, I know the headquarters of your brother's mob. I want you to come with me, Sam. You, you are going to arrest your own brother. Lieutenant. You mean you want me to arrest my own brother? 
A little sad music, please. I sit sad. That's pitiful. Would the trumpet player please help out Matty Mallet, please? That's enough. Try using two lips now. All right, Lieutenant. You want me to arrest my own brother? My little baby brother. The little brother that laid in the same crib with me. My little brother that shared his candy with me when we were kids. My brother, my own flesh and blood. My own brother. Sam, there's a thousand dollars reward for him. Let's go get the rat. We're almost to your brother's mob hideout, Just a minute, Abbott. What? Sound man has another block to go. (laughs) Sam, why don't you get inside the car? You'd be more comfortable. I'm okay, Lieutenant. I'm riding on the running board. This car has no running board. Now he tells me. Sam Shovel, this is the place. We're going in and arrest your brother. When we get inside, identify your brother. Point him out to me. Come on. Lieutenant, that's him over there behind the desk. The one with the ladder sticking out of his head. Why does he have a ladder sticking out of his head? Well, he's really my stepbrother. What are you two mugs doing in here? I'll... Just a minute. Well, if it ain't me brother, me kid brother Sam. Pat Shovel, my own flesh and blood. Well, Pat, it's 8.15. That was swell, Mabel. Thanks. I'll be back at 8.30. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Who was that dame? Oh, just one of the gals of my mob. She's our morale builder. Every 15 minutes, she goes around kissing all the boys in the mob. You mean you have girls in this mob? Sure, lots of them. Look through that door over there. See them gorgeous redheads, all ten of them there? When the gang gets true at a job, the girls sit in the fellas' laps. They stroke their brows. They make love to them. They soothe their noise. All right, Sam Shovel. Tell your brother why we're here. Brother Pat? Yes, Brother Sam? What do you want to say? Could you use two more guys in your mob? There's a curtain call coming up, folks, but first you'll be interested in hearing this. going to do tonight? I think I'll sneak over to the Palladium and get me a girl. Oh, girls, girls, girls. That's all you think of. Well, a man is entitled to life, liberty, and the pursuit of women. No, you mean the pursuit of happiness. You chase what you like, and I'll chase what I like. Good night, folks. Listen each Thursday night at this time for another great Abbott and Costello show. Produced and transcribed in Hollywood by Charles Vanda and featuring Marilyn Williams and Matty Malnick and his orchestra. Be sure to stay tuned for the outstanding entertainment which follows throughout the evening on this ABC station.
Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks for